0: Politics, culture, chaos. It's time to make sense of it all. It's time to have a little fun. This is your afternoon dose of sanity. This is the Rich
1: Zioli Podcast.
2: So the uh, pollster, one of them anyway, who got it so wrong in New Jersey, Patrick Murray wrote an op-ed today. I blew it. Maybe it's time to get rid of election polls. Oh, you think? Really? They didn't blow it. They did exactly what you were trying to do. You were trying to hurt Chidarelli's campaign. That's what you're trying to do. Who are you kidding? Good afternoon. Welcome to the podcast. How are you today? Hope you're having a great day. I blew it, he says. The final Mammoth University poll margin did not provide an accurate picture of the state of the governor's race. So if you are a Republican who believes the polls cost Chidarelli an upset victory or a Democrat who feels we load your base into complacency, feel free to vent. I hear you, he says. This is I owe an apology to Jack Cittarelli's campaign and to Phil Murphy's campaign for that matter. You know what? You owe an apology to Jack Cittarelli's campaign. And that's it. That's it. Period. To him. Because so many people thought that this race was, was over. And I was begging people to go out and vote for Jack Cittarelli, saying it's not over. It's going to be close. It's going to be so close. Most of all, though, I owe an apology to the voters of New Jersey for information that was at the very least misleading. I take my responsibility as a public pollster seriously. Some partisan critics think we have some agenda about who wins or loses. (laughs) Like me, for example. I can only assume they have never met a public pollster. No, actually, I have. I have. And uh, you have been wrong for years and years and years and years and years and years. And you should get out of the business a long time ago. You're terrible at it. He says, our religion is only just getting the numbers right. Unlike a campaign consultant, my job is not to figure out a candidate's best path to victory, but to provide an explanation for the public mood as it exists now. Well, you, you didn't. You, you didn't show the public mood. You, you showed a skewed mood. A, a very partisan people is what you did. And you hurt Jack Cittarelli big time. And you and you you mess this up so bad. You you messed up twenty sixteen. Please, this is pathetic. Honestly, I, I normally can accept people's apologies in life. I tr- try to pride myself on that. I have a hard time accepting this, maybe because it's still too new. The feeling of, of being in this position. And by the way, the race is not over. Jack is still they're counting. They're counting. Jack is being, you know, very patient. In fact, I talked to a friend of mine who's intimately involved with all this, and they were like, hey, listen, it took a month until they called the race for Tom Kane back in 1981, a race that he won by 1,797 votes. So, uh, you know, it's, it's we're, we're fine. We're, we'll be patient. The conservative estimate in this year's New Jersey race was an eight-point win for Murphy, which is still far from the final margin. <laughs> But more than one astute observer of polls has pointed out that the incumbent was consistently polling at either 50% or 51% against a largely unknown challenger. That metric in itself should have been an indication of Murphy's underlying weakness as an incumbent. Still in the age of polling aggregators, needles, and election betting markets... We tend to obsess more on the margin than on the candidate's vote share. And we end up assuming that the horse race number is more precise than it actually is. This can lead to misleading narratives about the state of the race. as happened in New Jersey this year. I could have told you this. I've been saying for years. Don't go by the top numbers. Go by what people are telling you. The problem, though, is the media always goes by the top numbers if it suits their narrative. So since they had a narrative to show that Phil Murphy was going to win because they wanted him to win, they ignored, for example, the Trafalgar poll which was incredibly accurate, showed Jack losing by about four percentage points, really margin of error stuff, kind of statistically tied. But this was so often, of course, that's what the media runs with. They run with this kind of garbage. But now, of course, they're saying, now maybe we shouldn't do a election polling. That'd be fine with me. That'd be fine with me, because honestly, the media just uses this to push an agenda anyway, so I'd be okay with that most public pollsters are committed to making sure our profession counters rather than deepening the pervasive cynicism in our society. We try to hold up a mirror that accurately shows us who we are. If election polling only serves to feed that cynicism, it may be time to rethink the value of issuing horse race numbers as the electorate prepares to vote. They were actually already voting, you know. That's the other thing too, is that people were voting while these guys were putting out their, their, their bad polls, their totally inaccurate polls. And the media was writing stories about the inaccurate polls early voting was underway mail in ballots right vote by mail it was a, it was underway so i just have a hard time feeling sorry for somebody who says i'm sorry i got it so wrong again <laughs> oh man and of course, you know, he writes, it's especially important right now because the American Republic is at an inflection point. Public trust and in political institutions and our fundamental demo- democratic process is abysmal. Honest missteps get conflated with fake news, a charge that has hit election polls in recent years. Yeah, because you remember in 2016, posters showed Hillary Clinton had had a 99% chance of winning. And you uh, were one of those posters that added to the real clear politics average of 99% or whatever it was. And so. Yeah, it's it's it, it would honestly it would be no small thing to me if it wasn't the fact that the headlines all said double digit lead, Murphy has double digit lead and then they put out garbage that they know is garbage, registered voters. Pulling registered voters who as I told you they're not an indication of of accuracy because they don't we don't know if they're actually going to vote. Likely voters is what you want to use. And I, I said after one of his lame polls that was wrong throw it away throw it away because it's based on registered voters not likely voters so just throw it away and I was right uh let me turn to some other attention for other things for a moment we've got federal vaccine mandates mandates coming our way and it's ridiculous and unconstitutional Dr. Rand Paul today One of the last true fighters of liberty left speaking out on this issue today to Fox News, Sandra Smith. I agree with every word of this, even though this is not an anti-vaccine thing. Understand, you don't have to be anti-vaccine to be anti-vaccine mandates. You could be pro-vaccine and be anti-vaccine mandates. Just a very important point to make.
3: How dangerous this research is, this could happen again.
0: And I got that from your line of questioning. I want to move on to these vaccine mandates for businesses. Uh, The feds are now uh, setting a January 4th deadline, and if you don't meet that deadline, and your employees do not get vaccinated, you'll have to provide testing once a week, and then you'll be fined a penalty of nearly $14,000. Here's the RNC statement. They're suing over this mandate. Joe Biden failed to Shut down the virus as he promised he couldn't do his job. So now he wants you to lose yours. This mandates yet another attack on frontline workers, first responders, small businesses and the rights of American people. The RNC is suing the Biden administration over this unlawful vaccine mandate and will maintain every legal option to fight this authoritarian overreach. Your reaction to the mandates.
3: You know, I think they're unlawful and unconstitutional. We need to take them to court, but people need to stand up and resist. What a disservice to our first responders, our doctors and our nurses who took care of people during this time. They were they had to show up for work when there was no vaccine. A lot of them got covid survived. They now have natural immunity. And Dr. Fauci and the rest of the people say, sorry, you're yesterday's trash. We're just going to throw you away and you're no longer going to have a job. It's the opposite of the respect we ought to be giving to those who are, you know, our first responders our doctors our nurses
0: but if they stand up and resist who's got their back I mean it's, it's, they that's don't that's a problem
3: really... it's a problem it's tough you know uh, the hope would be there be some alternatives of different health care clinics that would stand up for those who have natural immunity and those who want to have freedom of choice yeah. um, we'll see it's a difficult decision you know if, it's, if your job hangs in the balance so I don't sort of wish this on anybody everybody's got to make their choice but at the very least we should stand up and sue legally and see if we can get a Supreme Court yeah. to say this is not American this is not the american way
0: at a time when some of these businesses are just getting back up on their feet uh, after
2: the yeah businesses are getting back on their feet and 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 think about it too all of these people these frontline workers who've worked so hard for us at, on the front lines of covid and many of them who've had covid uh have the antibodies and are dealing with it and now they've got to deal with losing their jobs and, and you know and, and most of these environments too you're dealing with people who are so incredibly um uh, prepared and safe but but beyond that too if you're vaccinated, why is this an issue? Honestly, really, if you're vaccinated, why is it an issue if a cop isn't? I mean, I don't I don't understand. I don't understand. Does, does, do the vaccines work or not? That's the question. I keep coming back to this. Do they work or not? If they work, then you're good. So what's the problem? What's the problem then? Oh, I should also mention to you too, with all of this that's happening right now, we're supposed to believe, really, we're supposed to believe that the whole idea of mandates is something now that if you don't buy in on, you're just a bad person. You're a bad person. You're a bad person. That's it. If you don't understand that mandates are a good thing for America, you're a bad person. You just you just you just you, just, you know you don't understand science. You don't understand what science is really is and 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 you know you you just don't care. You know you don't you're a denier. Don't you love that too? You're a denier. I love that. That's one of my favorites. You're a denier. <laughs> then again, of course, the same people that said we never impose a vaccine mandate. What is hear a montage of a bunch of Republican deniers? Would you? Okay, here we go.
4: We cannot require
1: someone to be vaccinated. That's just not what we can do. Needless to say, the right of women to make... about their own bodies is not
3: negotiable no definitely not you don't want to mandate and try and force anyone to take a vaccine we've never done that
1: our interest is very simple from the federal government Mm, which is americans privacy and rights should be protected it is a matter of privacy to know who is or
3: who isn't we don't want to be mandating from the federal government to the general population It would be unenforceable and not appropriate.
1: Perhaps the federal government should step in and issue mandates. And if not, are you putting the needs of unvaccinated people ahead of the needs of vaccinated people? Well, I think the question here, one, that's not the role of the federal
3: government. No, I don't think it should be mandatory. I wouldn't demand to be mandatory. First, we must increase vaccinations among the unvaccinated with new vaccination requirements.
2: Mm hmm. There you go. A bunch of right-wing anti-science science science people. See that? Now, in addition to this, too, we're supposed to believe now that uh, it's it's no issue right now. It's not going to hurt anything. Not going to hurt jobs. Not going to hurt the economy. Not going to hurt the supply chain. Anything like that. We're supposed to believe that as well. Does anybody believe that? Does anybody believe that? You've got workers at hospitals quitting across the country right now because of vaccine mandates. In fact... Here's a little news snippet about frontline workers at a Michigan hospital. They joined a nationwide protest today over Democrats' vaccine mandates.
1: It was part of a national walkout day all across the country. I even heard from a business owner via social media from Colorado who said all of his employees called in sick today. Now here in Genesee County at Ascension Genesis in Grand Blanc Township, they had people from the hospital as well as community members who were protesting today against the vaccine mandates. I never thought um, that it would come to this point. Melissa says she has worked at this hospital and she has had family members work on the front lines. She is against the vaccine mandate that the health system is imposing onto their employees. The hospital says employees have to be vaccinated by November 12th. I am out here to be essentially a voice for everybody that doesn't have one or can't use theirs right now in fear that they will lose their jobs. We want to also stand our ground and let Ascension know that, yeah, we're, we're, we're here, we're representing, but we're also representing our people right here.
2: The White House today uh, snarks was off, but uh, Jean-Pierre, who is filling in as I think she's the deputy press secretary, she had some comments today and she wants you to believe now this is not going to hurt the economy. Okay, all these people losing their jobs, thousands of people uh, either quitting or getting fired, not going to hurt anything. Okay, just, you know. No, So don't worry about a thing. So
4: we wanted to make it easier. We wanted to avoid con- confusion. And so we want to even the playing field. And this is why we moved that December, I think, December 8th deadline that you're talking about to January 4th. How did concerns
0: about the supply chain, the possibility of workers maybe quitting because of these mandates play into that decision
2: and that timing.
4: So, um... I mean, if you're asking, like, if we think the, the, the rules impact supply chain, the answer is no. We don't think that it will. Uh, first of all, vaccine requirements work. We mm-hmm. we have talked oh, about that. Right, We've given right. examples. So it's
2: not, it's not going to affect the supply chain. Got it? Very good. Understood that? All right, great. You got that? Excellent, excellent, excellent. Um, but again, you know, I mean... Why would not anyone take a vaccine anyway? Here's a montage of a bunch of anti-science conservatives questioning the vaccine.
1: But you know, President Trump has promised a coronavirus vaccine by the end of the year or maybe sooner. Would you trust that vaccine? Uh, no, I would not trust his word. I would trust the word of public health experts and scientists, but not Donald Trump.
3: First of all, I don't trust the president on vaccines. I think it's going to be a very skeptical American public about taking the vaccine, and they should be.
1: He will push anything to get reelected. Don't fall for it. And by the way, I will take the vaccine after Ivanka takes it. You would be hesitant to receive the vaccine if it were approved
3: by the end of the year. I'm going to, yes, I would be hesitant.
1: I mean, if doctors and scientists like Dr. Fauci are taking that vaccine, of course, I will take the vaccine. But we also know that we can't trust the president uh, and take his word.
3: I trust vaccines. I trust the scientists. But I don't trust Donald Trump. And at this moment, the American people can't either. I believe all across the country, you're going to need someone other than this FDA and this CDC saying it's safe.
2: Well, all of you deniers and all of you people that want to take your time to wait before you take a, a, a vaccine, what's wrong with you, you horrible, horrible people? Look, uh, there's still a lot of ramifications from the election yesterday, obviously. There's most likely going to be a recount in New Jersey. Cittarelli's campaign is probably going to ask for one. They should. Um, in the meantime, though, as we look at Virginia and we look at the shellacking that Democrats got everywhere, including... District three, where Ed Durr, who's on the show with me this morning, if you missed the interview, it's podcast, Ed Durr beat Steve Sweeney. Let's understand the ramifications of this. Steve Sweeney, by far, one of the most powerful Democrats in the country. I mean, this is a guy who who really ran the New Jersey Democrat Party for years and. He used to stand up to Phil Murphy early on in Murphy's administration and something happened uh, and then he just stopped. And so Murphy was able to get away with everything he wanted to do. King Philip, the unaccountable, actually unaccountable because nobody in the legislature, Democrats pushed back on him and Steve Sweeney was is the boss. So he could have if he wanted to and he didn't. It's part of the reason why Ed Durr beat him. It's come from nowhere victory, which is huge. I mean, it's great. But Democrats could learn from this. They they could They could step back. And they can say, all right, you know what? We made a lot of mistakes here. We, we, we really did and Maybe it's time to stop insulting people. You know, calling them racist all the time, for example. Maybe we stop doing that. Maybe we just stop calling them racist, insulting them, and, and, and you know, making them feel terrible. And, you know, maybe we just learn to understand. You know, learn to understand who they are and, 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 and things like this, for example. Or we could double down on calling them racist. Like today they did at the White House again because Republicans now are lying. Here we go, ready?
4: But we also need to be honest here uh, about what's going on here. Republicans are lying. They're not being honest. They're not being truthful about where we stand.
2: Yeah, we're, 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 we're lying. So Republicans are lying okay about gain of fun, I mean, uh, excuse me about critical race theory. just so you know, everybody's lying. And the only reason, why everybody lost, I mean, Democrats lost, is because you're racist, all right? So instead of learning from basket deplorables and everything else, let's double down, call you racist, call you racist again, and then blame your racism on why these Democrats lost. And that's going to win hearts and minds and win you over to them. Ready? Here's a little montage put together by Grabian. Take a listen.
4: Glenn Youngkin played the race card for a reason because he knows it works on certain white voters,
3: he did stoke white grievance politics to
2: mobilize the Republican base. He's laundered Trump's really sort of
1: disgusting, flagrant out yep. racism. He's wrapped it in education, yeah,
0: education, right. which is code for. White parents don't like the idea of teaching about race. That's the fundamental problem for these parents and this anti-CRT movement. They don't like the way whiteness is being portrayed in these new, more inclusive lessons.
3: This wasn't about those pocketbook issues. This was about how white kids feel talking about what black kids go through.
1: The subtext of all this was we can't let these black and brown people run the country. Glenn Youngkin
0: running on critical race theory that he knew hit a chord around race.
3: I think all the CRT stuff is trumped up dog whistling.
0: Some of it was
3: uh, dog whistle racism. The dog whistle messaging that you saw Youngkin engage in during the course of the campaign.
4: CRT is in the the latest line of school busing, cross town busing, the welfare queens you have it is in that same it's in that same line and you saw it in the in the results in
0: virginia this more palatable republican who still uses the same racist themes that trump did he just packaged them in a soccer dad sweater vest model he's found a way to launder a pretty racist trope this idea that we cannot talk about america's history because it hurts my feelings he's turned that into a campaign white voters do have anxiety about a changing America, right? That it is blacker,
1: it is browner. You've got the Republicans yelling like, hey, look, the black and brown folks are coming for
0: us. Some Republican candidates are perfectly willing to use race as a motivating factor for their base. That has gone on for decades and it happened this year. Race is just the most palpable tool in the toolkit Used to be of the Democratic Party back in the day when they were Dixiecrats, and now of the Republican Party. This is about the fact
1: that a good chunk of voters out there are okay with white supremacy. Let's call a thing a thing. Actually, scratch that. They are more than okay.
2: More than okay. Now, let me ask you a question. Does critical race theory exist or not? Is it something that should be taught in schools or not? Is it something that is being taught at schools or not? See, I can't follow the Democrats on this. On the one hand, they say this is a myth, something Republicans made up. On the other hand, they defend it as uh, teaching about our history. And anybody who doesn't want to teach critical race theory just doesn't want to teach the whole story of America. So, which is it? I, I, I mean, I'm so confused. This is part of what White House Deputy Press Secretary Jean-Pierre was saying today when she said Republicans are lying. But here's the full clip in context. You can understand why they're literally all over the place on this. Take a listen.
5: Race was a driving issue in Virginia and around the country, uh, given Republicans repeatedly focusing on critical race Theory.
4: So, look, America, as you heard the president say before, is a great country. Uh, and uh, and great countries are honest, right? They have to be honest with themselves about the history, which is good, and, and the bad. And our kids should be proud to be Americans after learning that history. Uh, the president certainly, certainly is. Uh, fundamentally, we believe a school's curriculum isn't a federal decision. It's rightly up to oh, communities around the country. Yes, you the do. The parents, the school, uh, the school board, the teachers and the administrators and that means that politicians should be dictating should not be uh, dictating what our kids are being taught but we also need to be honest here uh, about what's going on here Republicans are lying they're not being honest they're not being truthful about where we stand and they're and they're cynically trying to use our kids as a political football they're talking about our kids when it's when it's election season but they won't vote for for them when it matters you know republican did not vote for the American Rescue Plan. The American Rescue Plan in that plan, it had funding to make sure that schools were open to make sure that our kids got back to school. And they didn't vote for that. And that was a key component of the American Rescue Plan. We know how important it is to make sure that our kids have in-person learning for their mental well-being and also so that they can actually learn. And so that is something that the Republicans refused, absolutely refused uh, to vote for. So we got to be honest here, and they're not being honest. They're being incredibly dishonest. Steve.
2: Mm. Yeah. So so we're the ones being this. Republicans are being dishonest. You absolutely wanted schools shut down. Fauci said shut down schools and you shut down schools. The teachers union said shut down schools and you shut down schools. There you go. I mean, what are you talking about? Stop it. Come on. Stop lying here. All right. Stop lying. Oh, and something else, too, you you, you may know. Um, Do you remember yesterday President Biden said he was not in support of paying illegal immigrants $450,000 a year. Do you remember that whole thing with the exchange of Peter Ducey? Because today the White House said the president is okay with it. So I guess he's he's for it after he was against it and he's for it. And uh, do you want, you, yeah, I know it's very, very difficult to keep track of. So let me begin by playing what the president said yesterday to the deuce, Peter Ducey, which will hopefully then refresh your memory. And i tell you how the White House today basically called the president today a liar because the president apparently does support that, and I know it's very, very difficult to keep up with all of this. Okay, so let's begin by what President Biden said yesterday when the Deuce, Peter Deucey, asked him the question regarding whether or not they're going to pay separated immigrants. Okay, this is the president's response.
3: This ought to be good. I, I I think so too. Uh, about the way forward, Mr. President. As you were leaving for your overseas trip, there were reports that were surfacing that your administration is planning to pay illegal immigrants who are separated from their families at the border up to $450,000 each, possibly a million dollars per family. Do you think that that might incentivize more people to come over illegally? If you guys keep sending that garbage out, yeah, but it's not true. So this is a garbage report? Yeah. OK, so four hundred and fifty four hundred fifty thousand dollars per person. Is that what you're saying? That was separated from a family member at the border under under the last administration. That's not
2: going to happen. All right, Not going to happen. OK, that's the president. Not going to happen. All right. You heard it. OK, here's the White House spokesperson today. Jean-Pierre White House is perfectly comfortable.
4: The president is perfectly comfortable with the Department of Justice settling with the individuals and families who are currently in litigation with the U.S. government. You know, DOJ can obviously speak more to that process. The president was, what he was reacting to uh, was the dollar figure that was mentioned, that you mentioned to him yesterday. Uh, as press accounts to date indicate, there's been press accounts on this, DOJ made clear to the plaintiffs that the reported figures are higher than anywhere that a settlement can can land again. This is a this is something that the Department of Justice can can speak to. I I do not have anything more to add to this.
2: Okay, so he is comfortable giving the payments. You got it. He's comfortable doing it despite what the president said yesterday, because the president doesn't have any idea what's actually going on in his own White House. I mean, he really has no idea what his own what is like, no idea. That's why they don't let him talk to the press that often, because he goes out there and he says something. You know, it's like, no, of course the kids can stay out till eleven o'clock tonight. Absolutely, they can. No, they really, they, we, no, he just, he, he goes out and he says, you know, pop, come on, pop, let's go, pop, come on, move, come on, dad, dad, we don't let the kids stay out till 11, dad, they're six, you know, it's like that, oh, come on, back in my day, we'd be out drinking, we were six till 11 o'clock, what kind of weak kids are you raising here, come on, what kind of garbage rule is that, huh, what kind of garbage rule is that you got going on here, Dad, no, we just, we're not going to, we're not going to, you know, we're not going to do that, huh? Huh? What? What? Oh, it's so, it's so bad. Did you know that we're promoting, the GOP is promoting race wars? Did you know that? Did you know? If somebody, uh, this is amazing, is Republicans get accused all the time of throwing out this kind of flamethrower rhetoric all the time just for the sake of getting people upset? And then the Democrats say it and people are like, I don't we, we, we'll just ignore it. This is now MSNBC and on this MSNBC clip. And, you know, I mean, look, kind of thing that I think would be just a tad div- divisive. Would you say divisive? Maybe just a little bit divisive. This is Democrat Representative Torres. OK, deciding, describing what the Republican Party is looking to do, what Republicans are looking to do. And uh, sure enough, she goes right to 10, as they often do with maligning, insulting and even worse now, Accusing you of not only being racist, but looking to have a race war. All right. So it's not bad enough. You're racist. You're racist and you're violent. Here we go. Hang on a sec. Sorry. There we go. Okay, here we go. Joining
3: me now to continue our conversation. It's California Democratic Congresswoman Norma Torres, a member of the Norma Congressional Torres. Hispanic Caucus. Congressman, it's always a pleasure to see you. What's your understanding of where things stand when it comes to finding an agreement on the reconciliation bill?
1: Well, uh, it's good to be with you this morning, um, Jorge. I think we do have an agreement when it comes to House members of Congress. We are ready to vote um, for this bill. You know, the issue has always been that we are negotiating within our party, that the Republicans have been absent from the table. They refuse to allow any path forward to legislation that might make the president or Democrat look good. You know, their job is to obstruct Mm -hmm. Their job is to continue to divide this country Divide the country. Um, Their job is to continue to promote racial wars against uh, neighbors against neighbors. So racial wars against neighbor versus neighbor.
2: Did you know that the Republicans are promoting racial wars, neighbor against neighbor? See, I just borrowed my neighbor's leaf blower. I didn't know that I was supposed to start a race war with them. I, I didn't, I had no, you know, I wish I knew that at the time I would have just taken it. Maybe that would have started the race war. I, I, this is, can you believe the stupidity? These are such horrible accusations to say about people. And these people still do it. They cannot help themselves. You know why? I'll tell you why, where this comes from. They really don't like you. That's it. They don't like you. There's no other way about it. They don't want to be your friend. Because really, if they wanted to be your friend, don't you think at some point they'd say, all right, listen, I, I didn't mean that stuff. It's campaign rhetoric and campaign's over. Let's, you know, it's it's try to, no, they really don't like you. They think you're dumb. They really do. They think you're dumb. And since you don't agree to everything they agree with, you're an idiot. And so they can insult you. You don't have any value. I mean, it's it's awful. But this is what they think of you. Let me just back that up a little bit so you can really swim in this a little.
1: President or Democrat look good. You know, their job is to obstruct. Their job is to continue to divide this country. Um, Their job is to continue to promote racial wars against uh, neighbors, against neighbors. So we need to refocus our message and start talking about what we have already delivered and what we're getting ready to deliver Yes, we have some work to do still Mm
2: in the Senate to negotiate. See that we got we got the the race war. All right. So, I mean, the more, you know, all right, the more, you know. So let's double down on all the allegations that you're terrible, you're horrible, you're racist, you're dumb, you're stupid, you're anti-science. Nothing's going to change. Nothing's going to change. Listen, this is no doubt about it. In my mind, the stupidest bunch of people that are ever running our country, by far the dumbest bunch of people that are running this country. There's no doubt. And they, because they hate you so much, they're, they're going to continue hating you. Nothing's going to change that. Nothing. Now, James Carville tried to warn them several times. You know, he tried to warn them. And I play this on the show today, but it, it's, it's a Democrats, the, the way that they treat people. And, and this, is, this is the fundamental principle here, okay? The way that Democrats treat people, the way that they talk to you, the way they insult you and mock you and belittle you is not how you win friends and influence people. And it's why they're losing. And worse, it's why they're unpopular. It's why people around the country just don't like them. And James Carville, who I disagree with politically, but I I know I can tell, I mean, the guy is good at what he does. He knows how to win. And they don't listen to him because they're like, okay, boomer, you take your your sane advice away from here, right? We hate these people. Don't you know that? And this is why James Carville is not invited into the room with these people.
5: We, we, we got to stop. We got to get we got to get off of this. These people have got to understand they're not popular around the country. People don't like them. Talking about Democrats. And they're voting because that's the only way that they can express themselves and how much they disagree with this. And, and again, I, I go back and it's not just Virginia and New Jersey. It's literally everywhere up to and including Seattle and there's a real lesson here and it, c- it can be corrected but they got these people have to understand no one you're not popular people do not ride in a car with you they don't ride next to you in the subway you, you're you're annoying people and they got to understand that
2: yeah, you're annoying people because you're telling people that the book they're reading offends them, the, the movie they're watching on their iPad offends them, what the music they're listening to uh, offends them. You know what I mean? That's why they're not popular. They're annoying, they lecture you, they belittle you, they mock you, they insult you, they want to cancel everything they don't like, they want to cancel your comedians. That's why they're unpopular. That's what James Carville's saying. And it all comes down to this woke thing, which I think by now we all know what it is. For a while, people kept emailing me. Not ever but, you know, Rich, what do you mean by woke? I think we know now what it is. Uh, I think we know now. But, you know, it's it's wokeness is what it is.
0: Looking at these results, uh, your party,
5: uh, what went wrong? What went wrong was just stupid wokeness. All right. You just, don't just look at Virginia and New Jersey. Look at Long Island. Look at Buffalo. Look at Minneapolis. Even look at Seattle, Washington. I mean, just defund the police lunacy to take Abraham Lincoln's name off of schools. I mean, that people see that. And it it, it it it's it's just really have a suppressive effect all across the country. The Democrats, some of these people need to go to a woke detox center or something. I mean, that they're, they're expressing the language that people just don't use. And there's a backlash and a frustration at that.
2: Yeah, well, you know, uh, he's right. By the way, he's a hundred percent right, and and nobody's going to listen to to him because they don't uh, want him in the room, and so that's that's the reality right now. And so because of that, now no nothing's going to change. Here's something else too, and I I I want to share this point too. It's very important to note. So much of our politics today is based on lies, right? Whether it's polls that are wrong, whether it's uh, the press that runs with polls that are wrong, and everything else—it's it's, it's, all—it's based on lies. So much of this, and we're pushed around, we're pushed around, we're pushed around. Then, then we get very, very upset about things, and then we turn around and we express that by voting, and because we, we express that we are unhappy. The people that are supposed to be representatives, representative of the people, should adjust accordingly. But because they're not there to represent us, they're there to represent their agenda, they don't want to change. This is why right now on Capitol Hill, just so you know what's going on, Pelosi is actually, the vampiric one, is doubling down, right now as we speak, doubling down on the socialist utopia orgy spending bill. She's doubling down on it. And it threatens this because this is not gonna pass. And and Joe Manchin's gonna kill the infra I mean, they're gonna kill the infrastructure bill too. But her huge socialist splurge now. And allies of Pelosi now are rushing to vote with their far left people. Biden's massive spending spree stalled by Democrat allies pushing back on far left demands. But the problem is Pelosi not backing down. Not backing down. You 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 have now moderate, quote unquote, moderate Democrats who, who look at the polling results and realize that they they could lose They're di- this because they're in a, in, a, in a district that could, you know, flip back to Republican. But these radicals, they're in safe districts, so they're not worried about that. They're not worried about it. They're not going to lose. The only thing they have to worry about is getting challenged by somebody on the left. So it's not something they have to worry about. And from that perspective, then they're going to continue to push. They're going to continue to push because they're not about representing you. They're about representing their agenda. And the agenda is what matters more than anything because they're there to change this country. They're not there to listen to and be responsive to the people. They don't believe in representative democracy, or or, excuse me, a representative republic. They believe in a democracy. They want to listen to the majority rule. But then when the majority says something, they don't adjust to it because they still think the majority's on their side. I mean, they're so out of touch with everything. They really are. They're out of touch with everything. And this is part of the reason why so many of us are are, are skeptical of everything they try to sell us, all the nonsense. You know, today, Senator Rand Paul unloaded, unloaded on Anthony Fauci, Dr. Fauci, gain of function Fauci. And it was great, too. I mean, it was beautiful. I don't don't have time to play you the whole thing, but I'd, I'd love to just play you a little bit of it because, you know, I've been all over this whole thing about the COVID origins and how this got out of a lab. And I've been saying from day one, that the reason why the media never wanted you to talk about the whole lab leak theory is because it all leads back to Fauci's desk and his gain of funding research. And that's why I call him gain of function Fauci. And so... Rand Paul from day one has been trying to hold Fauci accountable for this. And of course, nobody else will listen except a couple of Republicans will. But and they should, because Rand Paul's absolutely right in what he says here. So here's a little bit of a preview of this.
3: Dr. Fauci, I don't expect you today to admit that you approved of NIH funding for gain of function research in Wuhan, but your repeated denials have worn thin and a majority of Americans frankly don't believe you. Even the NIH now admits that EcoHealth Alliance did perform experiments in Wuhan that created viruses not found in nature that actually did gain in lethality. The facts are clear. The NIH did fund gain-of-function research in Wuhan, despite your protestations. You can deny it all you want, but even the Chinese authors of the paper, in their paper admit that viruses not found in nature were created, and yes, they gained in infectivity. Your persistent denials, though, are not simply a stain on your reputation, but are a clear and present danger to the country and to the world. Good, As Professor Kevin Esfeldt of MIT has written, gain-of-function research looks like a gamble that civilization can't afford to risk. And yet here we are again with you steadfast in your denials. Why does it matter? Because gain-of-function research with laboratory-created viruses not found in nature could cause a pandemic even worse the next time. We're suffering today from one that has a mortality of approximately 1% percent. are experimenting with viruses that have mortalities of between 15 and 50%. Yes, our civilization could be at risk from one of these viruses. Experiments that combine unknown viruses with known pandemic-causing viruses are incredibly risky. Experiments that combine unknown viruses with coronaviruses that have as much as 50% mortality could endanger civilization as we know it. And here you sit, unwilling to accept any responsibility for the current pandemic and unwilling to take any steps to prevent gain-of-function research from possibly unleashing an even more deadly virus. You mislead the public by saying that the published viruses could not be COVID. Well, exactly no one is alleging that. No one is alleging that the published viruses by the Chinese are COVID. What we are saying is that this was risky type of research, gain-of-function research. It was risky to share this with the Ch- with the Chinese, mm-hmm. and that COVID may have been created from a not-yet-revealed virus. We don't anticipate the Chinese are going to reveal the virus if it came from their lab. You know that, but you continue to mislead.
2: Well, there's, there's a lot more to this. And obviously, like I said, it's just kind of scratching the surface on this, but... Uh, By the way, the New Jersey Senate president, outgoing Senator Steve Sweeney, even though they just called the race, is not going to concede. He just put out a statement, quote, Senate President Steve Sweeney issued the following statement today on the 2021 election, quote, the results from Tuesday's election continue to come in. For instance, there were 12,000 ballots recently found in one county. While I am currently trailing in the race, we want to make sure every vote is counted. Our voters deserve that. And we will wait for the final results. OK, that's fine. You don't have to accept it. Keep counting. Keep counting. If something changes, then there you there you go. There you go. I mean, it's fine. If you're not ready to concede, you're not ready to concede. You want to keep counting? Keep counting. But then let's not have Democrats now bash Jack rally for literally saying the exact same thing. Just count every vote. Count every vote. What's wrong with that? By the way, Ed Durr is saying now he doesn't even want people to call him senator-elect because until he has the piece of paper literally saying the election certified, he doesn't want that. I respect that, too. I respect that. I think it's great. Nothing wrong with that. It's just a hypocrisy of these people who, uh, I mean, literally, they, 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 they cannot keep their story straight. So if you don't accept the media saying the race is over and you're a democrat that's okay if you're a republican you're an election denier let's give you tissues and and hug you because you're a sore loser got it all right (laughs) we'll have a lot more to talk about tomorrow including uh the arrest made by durham over somebody with the russia dossier how big is this is it a big deal we'll find out have a great rest of your day today thank you for listening